Welcome to World 1 Stage 1. I'm Troy for once. You're not Simon. <laughs> I'm not. You can't start it. He's the one that can start it. Come on. He has the master key. Come on, you ginger, fucking psycho, bouncy. I want to win. Viking! <laughs> not a Viking. Take two. Welcome to World 1 Stage 1, a video game podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Jack. And I'm Troy. So Jack, how are you? After last week's uh, excursion. You know, after we threw you out the window. Well, basically, I landed in this wonderful fantasy realm where up was down, down was up, and yesterday was Friday. You went to Rand McNally? Where people wear hats on their feet and hamburgers eat people. Yeah. Yeah. It It was a wonderful, wonderful time. I became the princess for a day. But unfortunately, the time had to come to a close. I thought I should come back, help you guys out here. And you're back in reality, where you are a princess every day. Yeah, exactly. It's a wonderful time. Someday I shall be queen. <laughs> you are a queen, don't I'm worry about it. I'm determined to make you choke. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, so many... A warning to all the listeners. One of us, and, you know, prizes if you can guess who, one of us may be drinking during the making of the podcast. And I don't mean, I don't mean cola or water, I mean... Drinking. Two of us, if I can find out where your rum is. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> telling you. Oh, I can sniff it out. <laughs> I'll give you a tenner. <laughs> I'll give you his onions. Actually, I'll be honest, a tenner is probably more than the value of a bottle by yeah, a long shot. Yeah, oh, have you got so, change? No. <laughs> Shit. Give me a tenner, you could have a bottle of rum beer. So the, uh, the, uh, t- the topic of today's show... Guess who? The topic of today's show... Let's, let's talk about that one, shall we? Let's uh, keep things on track for once. Well, yeah, it was actually it was your idea, Troy, so why don't you tell us about... It was. It was one of those things uh, which came up in passing. Uh, today's show is based mostly around all those moments in kind of classic and more recent games which leave you seething in some way. That, that kind of... That, that fury that comes up, controller-throwing, you know, name-calling, hope the guy on the other end of the screen dies... Sort of rage. Is it just seething and anger, or is it also the whole yeah squirming? <gasps> Squirming's a good one too. Yeah, a general unpleasantness. I think this this is the this is the show where if there's ever been anything in a video game which has made you feel deeply dissatisfied with the human condition, <laughs> it's going to be explored. The video game equivalent of having me in the room. Uh, no, not that bad. Oh, okay, I can't think of a game that's made me that upset. E.T. No. Oh, okay. Oh, no, that's not a game. Yeah, besides, he likes Bayonetta. <laughs> I was going to say Star Trek, you tit. Oh. Like, I like Star Trek. You know, the. Re- oh, you don't mean the fan production? There was a fan production? Yeah, yeah, fairly yeah. recently. Uh, Zachary Quinto played. Um, played no, Spar- that wasn't a fan production. J.J. Abrams has gone on record and said he isn't a fan of Star Trek. Yeah, oh, okay. it's a parody. <laughs> parody? Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm, no, it's, it's a misprint. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. It, they remade Star Wars, but they got the t- uh, name wrong on the poster. Star Wars. Mm. I really like the ship design, though. I've got to admit, the exterior hull shots of the uh, what was it? Enterprise. Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. It's what novel. If... It might catch on. 
don't, don't quote me on that, though. I've been I, wrong I think Troy's getting ready for Star Trek Online, where he will fly the Starship Entor Prize. <laughs> Entor Prize, go! Wow. I remember something about having to Entor Prize him. <laughs> I am the one person. I am for Entor Prize. Anywho. I'm turning you guys down. My apologies. Just turn him down. Just turn him down. Actually, who was it who brought up an excellent point on the forum? Which one? I just, I just want to say, I just want to point out to our listeners that we are listening, we are reading the forum. Oh yeah, that's the point. I'll bring the forum up, actually. Uh, Flanders, wasn't it? Super stupid, sexy Flanders. Flanders, Flanders. However you want to say, it. I'm going to say Flanders because stupid, sexy, stupid Flanders. sexy Flanders. Hey Flanders, if you're listening and you're sexy, you've got our email addresses. <laughs> just send in a sound of you saying nothing at all. Oh God, that's. Well, the matter of wine. Uh, which particular comment on the forum were you thinking about? Because there was unique talking about Deus Ex. Was that the one you were mentioning? Yeah, um, Deus Ex. I mean, what, what was the comment on that one? Because I remember classic gaming and moments of rage and, and, and hatred. Uh, you might be thinking of a different one. Uh, this was unique who said, you know, how can we call ourselves a classic video game podcast and not talk about Deus Ex? And okay. I have assured him we will because we have all played it. It is coming. I need to go back and replay Deus Ex. I have played it and it was recently, but I haven't got all the endings, so I feel like a terrible shit. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry, nor have I. I'm going to point out, I played Invisible War and I really enjoyed that one. I, I enjoyed the sequel because of all the little hints it had to the original. I played the original, and I wanted to put my head on a pike. Mostly because <laughs> of that first goddamn mission. Where you're skulking around the... The, the, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And, and you've got all the, all the amazing powers of a biogenetically engineered assassin bastard at your disposal. And a... And a um, but you have... Stick. Yep, and a pointy stick. But you have nothing in your entire arsenal of toolkit which can see apparently invisible gas generators that are triggered only by your presence and cannot be avoided in any way. What a marvellous system. And it also reminds me of another of my ragey moments. In Deus Ex? No, uh, but by mentioning sequels with war in the title, Syndicate Wars. Oh. That whole game was a raging moment for me in gaming because the first Syndicate was such a good game. Did you play it? I didn't. I actually didn't play it. And neither did I. So you're going to you're gonna have to guide us through this. Well, no. All I need to say is the first one was such a good game, and then the sequel was farmed out to a development team that had nothing to do with the original, uh, and they cocked it up massively. Oh, dears. So... Just to backtrack a second, am I going to get shivved by a forum gover for effectively hating on what is a classic game? There's it. No. No, no, you found, you found some of it rage-worthy, that's okay. I, I enjoyed it. Even the, yeah, even the best games have moments in them, which is what this episode's going to be about. Oh, boy, is it ever. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, one of the ones I wanted to talk about, might as well bring it up now, it is one of the best games, uh, Half-Life. Zen. <laughs> Go on, because this is it. Zen, what, what was it about Zen, then? The fact that it existed. Zen was entirely unnecessary, and it was the painfully accurate jumping around you needed to do or you plunged to your death i did not sign up for a platformer when i started playing half-life okay and uh, the whole zen level just felt like utter bullshit and i rage quit i, I had to admit it did feel a little bit tacked on yeah oh man actually half-life thinking about things that make you furious was it Half-Life or Opposing Force, where you're crawling around the outside of the actual Mesa itself? I think it's Opposing Force. Oh, is that when you're being attacked by the gunship? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's opposing force. But it, it's it's definitely one of the two. Um, and you're you're on a level where you need precision control. Okay, this is the first time in the game that the shift key becomes usable as like the warp. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. This yeah? this is you're actually, on the outside of the cliff. This is actually Half Life. Not not. Oh, a, it is. It is, a it is as two. Yeah, it is two. You you are right. I remember now. But you're on the outside of the cliffs. Mm-hmm. That's just and you're looking down. System. Yep. Yeah. And you're looking down. And you need absolute pinpoint control of where every step lands, but you cannot see your feet. Yeah. That that flipped me out just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, when you just you just kind of gleefully sail off the edge of a cliff without having realized you were stepping anywhere near it because Gordon Freeman he has anti-gravity no from the waist down, I can only assume. He has no legs. He's just a floating torso. He's a floating torso that says fuck all is what he is. He's a floating mute torso. He's a floating beard and ponytail. Half-Life also had the moment that was both you know, massively ragey and brilliant, which was when you were um, knocked out and all your weapons are taken away from you. Oh! And it is ragey, but it's a fantastic moment of gameplay. It is cool. You feel naked. You do feel somewhat defenceless. But it's great storytelling, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. It's kind of that, that moment of, oh, new challenge. Mm. But also, fuck, I'd saved all the ammo on my rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think, was the comment you were trying to get to on the forum, the uh, where's the retro love where's the re- Yeah, where's the retro love? That was Which one that was... came out. That was Flanders, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Flanders. Uh, yeah, the... Guy, one of the guys who has welcomed us back, and we thank you all. Uh, oh, but yes, absolutely. Uh, to everyone in the forums who's, who's posted and said hi, thank you very much for becoming a part of this community. And to everyone who's posting on the Libsyn blog, you know, appreciate it, but that is just a site where we post the podcast. Please come on over to world1stage1.com and join the forum there, and we'll talk back to you if you do that. Yeah, become an active... Although I will talk back to you if you're on the Libsyn, <laughs> if you're a bot. And I will also talk back to you on the Libsyn, but really, come come and join in the proper forum. It's a real place. Because Troy doesn't know what Libsyn is. If you want to talk to Troy, he may even be drunk. It'll be hilarious. If you want to talk to Troy, you need to bang a couple of rocks together on the top of your local mountain range. What? I don't know. I don't communicate through modern means. So what else is left to me? Rocks and mountains. That's what I've got. That's my mobile Troy, network. Troy, Troy, lie down for a bit. I am kind of lying down. Well, okay, carry I'm on. Very comfortable. So yes, to to the people in the forum, thank you. We, I realize we haven't actually thanked the members of our community who stuck with. I mean, who stuck with you two guys for what three years? God, yeah, and, oh, and three years time. and ten episodes. <laughs> So for a fan base that is that committed, clearly you guys have, have done and something right they so haven't far. Ra- they haven't rage quit now that we've added like the new the, the Shep to the party. The Shep. I'm I'm the Clarkson to this this malarkey. Well, James May, he came in for yeah. You know, well, shut up. But no, he, thought, you have been specifically welcomed on the forums. I know, and that was <laughs> again that was uh, Flanders as well, wasn't it? So again, a very specific thank you, and to everyone who's enjoying the show as it, it is, wasn't. Was it not? Yes, no. it was, actually. Was it? Ah, yes. thank you, Simon. Mm-hmm. He's got notes. He told me it was wrong. No, I didn't. I was shaking my head. <laughs> you interpreted that incorrectly. In some countries, shaking your head means yes. Oh, in, in some one countries, of those countries? Shaking yes. your head means wrong. Oh, in one of those countries? Yes. The nation of my flat. <laughs> oh, the micronation of Simon's flat. This is an awesome place. <laughs> Let's go to war. Can we put up some walls and... A gun turret. I've got walls already. I've got a gun turret, or at least I can <laughs> piss on people. 
chemical warfare. So speaking of rageworthy, I'm sitting <laughs> next to Jack at the moment. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, very very big props to everybody on the forum who's uh, kind of stuck with it for this long and who seems to appreciate my presence. Yeah. Because I'm glad I'm here. And, well, you know, presumably... And the forums prove you're not alone in that. I know! How weird is that? No, no one here proves that you're not alone in that sentiment. I know, you guys... People keep... on internet land do. And the internet, that's where I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, enough of licking our community's asses. Let's, yeah. let's get back on to the topic at hand. Last week it was Steam. Yeah. I think if we'd have gone... Every week it's Steam. Yeah, any further up Steam's ass, and we would have been fucking poking our nose out of his mouth. <laughs> Well, wow, Steam isn't a man. Steam's a guy. Okay. No, Steam is a lady, a very sexy lady who sells video games to me. Oh man, Steam is. A... She offers good guys. No, seriously. Is if there are any draw fags listening, I want to see Steam tan. If you can do two thousand tan XP tan, I want to see Steam tan. That'll get edited out. Very sexy lady. Come on, guys. It might not actually. Oh god. Because I kind of want to see what that looks like myself. Steam tan. Though while we are still on the subject of our listeners and feedback, we we of course got an email this week. Actually, it was you say of course, like like we know, <laughs> like we're looking at the title of the podcast. Like, now. like we're allowed to go anywhere near the emails that we get for this website. Like we're allowed to have any form of control. <laughs> you can. I keep telling you this. We don't know how. I'm going to go join up with General Ludd and smash some looms. Anyway. <laughs> Guys, Wikipedia, Ned Ludd. L-U-double-D. If you know what Luddite means, uh, that's the origin. (laughs) But my god, it's the looms. The looms are actually accurate. Smash the looms. Oh god. Anyway, the looms are the internet. Sorry, carry carry on email. Email. We had an email. We got email. Or did we get Jack? (laughs) We got signal. Main screen turned on. Right, so we got an email. Yes. From our brother that said, aliens and monsters, stop this. Sorry. Right now. (laughs) Sorry. Listener Matthew Clark writes uh, to say, well, various things. I'm not going to read it out because it's a very long email. Really? TLDR. And it says, I have to say some rather unkind things about Americans. And I'm rather fond of Americans myself. And I think most of our audience are. Well, to to say unkind things about anybody is kind of unnecessary. But Mm. let's... What, what's Let's the content? Well, the gaming aspect of the email is that Matthew writes to say that in, in his Left 4 Dead 2 demo playing, mm-hmm. he's experiencing a problem where he's playing along with his teammates, the aforesaid Americans, killing the horde, having a grand old time. Right. And he reaches a point where they suddenly peel off and go and climb up onto a roof, and no amount of cajoling or pleading on his part will get them to come down from this roof. And he wants us to put a name to this behaviour, this what he seems to think negative behaviour. The thing, the first thing that comes to mind is I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna sound a bit like an American fag here, but I'm gonna put my <laughs> hand up and I'm gonna say that sounds like democracy. <laughs> Three people are doing one thing and one person isn't. It sounds like they've reached a democratic decision on what needs to be done in the game and are taking part. Well, I can totally see your point, dude. Um, about it, it can be a very occasionally quite annoying when you're just you just have the wrong party on a on a game. It it does happen sometimes. Oh no, because he he does claim this happens every time. Okay, but some sometimes I can you know sympathise because sometimes it just does happen. You have an annoying party, but go back, listen to our podcast on 
Half-Life, particularly... Well, it was essentially on all of Steam, but I believe it was just titled Half-Life. Well, all of the Valve games, anyway. Yeah. And, and talk, uh, where we talked about Left 4 Dead as truly cooperative, truly team play... I think you've hit think on my point there. Bit, yeah. If there are three people doing one thing and you want to do the other, chances are they've got it right. That makes you one. That makes you one person. What is there not one of in team? I. There is, there however, is... an M and an E spelling me quite nicely. It's worth pointing out, though, as, as much as I have just mercilessly taken the piss and gone, ah, democracy, I should also point out I know all too well the incoherent rage that comes of being the one guy who knows he's got a better plan. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Even when we, we know deep down we don't have the better plan. Oh, yeah. When, when you are convinced, I mean, even when you literally have the better plan, when you've got a team of three other guys who are, with all the best one in the world, morons, mm -hmm. and you're shepherding them along like some sort of pack of demented geese, they've got assault rifles, you've got a pistol... And you're hoping through some just miracle they're going to point them in the right direction. It's like trying to hoard bad AI and their pathfinding is set to look at B. Okay? We know that pain. Yeah. And as much as we have just taken the mech, I think we can, we can still agree, yeah, sometimes your team is not necessarily I... doing what you want, but take on board what they're doing anyway. Yeah, I specifically remember a Team Fortress 2 game where there was ho, ho, ho. a random <laughs> demo man on Team White flying through the air, doing no one any damage, and warping through walls. Some kind of glitch or bug, or I don't it know. It was a bug where spectators would appear in the map yeah. as a random character class. Exactly. Now, it wasn't doing anyone any damage, because it's suspected it can't do any, any damage to anyone. The amount of my team that would shoot at it, waste all their armor, <laughs> and ignore the enemy to try and shoot at this thing, where I was there, screaming over the microphone, don't shoot the flying demo man. <laughs> It's a bug. Don't shoot at it. It's not a bug, it's a demo man. He's going to get us. But to bring this back around to the subject of the week, Sorry, yes. this email arrived last week after recording, and I thought, oh, how sad we didn't get it on the air. Right. But how appropriate that what he should really be writing in about is those moments in gaming that just make yep. you angry, and multiplayer is a great place to find them. <laughs> One of the points I was actually going to bring up, yeah, multiplayer. I was going to say, in MMOs in particular... Oh yes. The other play, other users can really be the shittiest part of the game. I would like to send a shout out to a player on the Star Trek Online beta called USS Chewbacca the Wookiee for really fucking up everybody's day. Yeah, this is that was actually the thing I was going to say. What was the name of the first ship you saw? <laughs> can I can I uh, interject briefly on the subject of uh, you know people online ruining things? ESRB warning. Game experience may change during online play. Out there are wankers. Yeah. But what we were asked to do was to come up with a label for this kind of moment in gameplay. And, and Matt asked us to name, you know, three morons on your team running off and doing their own thing. But I'm just going to say any multiplayer moment of rage, I would call a Sartregasm. Sartregasm? Because Sartre said, hell is other people. Even all his friends are French. <laughs> I knew someone would get the Red Dwarf reference. <laughs> All right, dudes. Sorry, so uh, no, it makes sartregasm. The su suffering at the hands of others. Mm. Uh, I actually, Sartre, it's a little high end. It might not catch on with all our 14 year old. Is, uh, is it probably not, just, not. Is it not just solipsism? No, because that's the belief that you are the only person. Yeah. 
That's kind of what I'm getting at. No, 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 no. not the desire that you are the only oh, person, okay. the belief that you are the only person. Right. I don't think that's necessarily true of, of uh, many multiplayer. You've seen me play multiplayer games like COD 4 and stuff <laughs> with a true. team that I'm communicating with. Even if it is that you're shouting at them a lot. Well, even if I'm shouting at, like, Mike and Zach, it's a fun game because we communicate and we're operating on the same basic wavelengths of, if I say this, it's because it means something important. Yes. As opposed to, I can't even come up with a random string of words. That most people, like, when you're playing Call of Duty and there's some kid with a squeaky voice going, A grasshopper just flew into my room and he's he's on my sandwich. Oh my god, grasshopper on my sandwich. No one gives two shits. Sartregasm. Should we call it a grasshopper sandwich? I totally care. Grasshopper sandwich. Should we call it a grasshopper sandwich? The moment of multiplayer fury is the grasshopper sandwich. sandwich. Let's rock and roll with that one. All oh, right, it's, it's, I've been outvoted two to one. It is the grasshopper well, sandwich. Let's let's not. Let's, let's not. Or a sandwich. Mm. No, I have been I outvoted. Like Sartre, I like, like Sartregasm, but grasshopper sandwich is just ridiculous enough to imply that same <laughs> sort of, oh my God, what? <laughs> so it depends on who you are. I think either, either phrase is just as valid. I think I think we're doing a good thing for English, you know, because we've obvi- we've come up with dumb fun. Well, raping it. <laughs> well, if Dickens and uh, what's his face <laughs> <laughs> raping it, what Dickens? <laughs> yes, Charles well, Dickens. Horrible people. William Shakespeare invented hundreds of words for the English language. Right, dumb fun is one example of something well, that's, that's kind of less a word as it is two words. Well, it's a concept given life. Moving on, um, I mean, I'm not sure quite how you define the whole unpleasant moment in gaming, but I have to come back to the whole pulse rifle in AVP. It's that ooh, sets me off my adrenaline spikes and I can't play that game comfortably. Mm. That's a well-known one that I have. But I think you're in a much better position than us because if you can play AVP comfortably... You're not playing it right. <laughs> True. <laughs> Unless you are literally poised on the edge of bursting your bladder and shooting through the ceiling. That game ain't right. <laughs> but it makes it damn near unplayable for me, which I find really unfortunate because the bits I can play, really fun. Yeah. So it's because it is specifically the sound of the pulse rifle that yeah. sets you off, isn't it? That kind of visceral... Feeling. It, it even gets me when I watch the films, but luckily it only fires in very short bursts in the films, so I don't have to deal with it. But when you're playing the game and it's your primary weapon... Yeah, just use your sidearm. <laughs> so no, no, Simon brings up a very good point, because the whole... A sound in a video game makes me very uncomfortable, OK? Some people might laugh. There are probably people out there who's like, oh, that doesn't make a lick of sense. Something in, in video games which always, always gets me going is water. And this, this actually came... Uh, it, I, I've got a severe fear of drowning. Total, you know, it, it, it just gives me the fear. But this extends so viscerally into video games. Now, I mentioned this earlier with Simon. Going back to classic video gaming, Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, the under, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, specifically, the underwater levels. <laughs> you remember the music. <laughs> you remember it. <laughs> that little pause between the end of the music and death. Yeah. As soon as that music started, I could not control Sonic the Hedgehog. He would he would jump around like a fuck nut. He would stand <laughs> next to the bubble that was going to let him breathe. He would wait the prerequisite three seconds for and it to spawn. And then tails would eat it. And oh, and then oh, the number of times he did that. Oh, that little ginger bastard. 
Yeah, Tails, he's my moment in rage gaming. But no, <laughs> underwater segments in games are truly cringeworthy for me. Half-Life did it. I'm not really curious. Did you ever play Tomb Raider? I didn't. Mostly, again, rage-worthy things in games. The sound Lara Croft made when she hit a wall. I was, <laughs> I was what, 13, 14 when Tomb Raider came out? And even then, the, <gasps> the orgasmic sound of pleasure she made on contact with a solid surface. Maybe she was a wallophiliac. Maybe she was a mentalist. Well, yes. Maybe she was created by a bunch of goons. Given your views on underwater sequences, I thoroughly recommend you never play Tomb Raider because... Done. I did. Oh, dear. And I don't have a particular problem with underwater segments, but the drowning animation Ooh. is very distressing in Tomb Raider. And there's a, a very spasmodic jerking. Oh, that's that's... I'm having a hard time not imagining it now. Yeah, it's deeply unpleasant. Yeah. Like, so much of that game was fan service. Like, you have to crawl under this rock. That means you're going to have to get down on all fours and the camera's going to swing down really low behind your ass. Yeah, but it was like four polygons, which made it was the best ass. graphics that existed in the time. And, yep. Uh, but, Rule 34, those graphics. Yep. <laughs> but then when you're drowning, it's the horrible jerking, twitching. There's uh, nothing pleasant here. This is truly mm. disturbing. Jack's rubbing himself suggestively. That's because Jack is disturbing. Jack is both disturbed and disturbing. Hooray! But yeah, yeah, visceral things that freak you out, just as important. The ichthyosaur. Mm. Every time that came up, oh, oh my god, I was shitting myself. Because not only did I have to contend with water, but while I was in there, I couldn't just swim straight up and go, Oh god! I had to fight something. And that was that was that was cruel and unusual. Valve knew what they were doing there. It was the run, jump, clang down into the water, wasn't it? Oh, the surprise water. I hate surprise water. It's cold, it's wet, and it gets everywhere. And we ain't eat for ages. So Jack, why didn't you share one? You know, I'm finding this really difficult because for terms of things that make me feel just generally uncomfortable in the sense of the pulse rifle, the drowning, I... Well, just a general rage in gaming. Think moment. of your grasshopper sandwich, for example. My grasshopper sandwich. Oh, you've got time a few limits. of those. Time limits? Time limits. Mostly arbitrary time limits. I don't get on with time limits in general. It's why I've always preferred Fallout 2 to the original. I see what you mean, yeah. I don't like being pressured into finishing the game in a certain amount of time. I like to spend my you time... You like wonder time. Although yeah. we established on our Fallout episode that you actually completely missed the point of the no, no, time limit I, I know, on the original I do Fallout. Know that, that there is, <laughs> but it's the fact that there is that pressure on you almost mm. to get it done within that certain amount of you time. You can't see everything. It, well, you can. It's the thing with, with Fallout 1 is that you don't have to stick to the time limit. But you f you do feel as it's there. You do have to stick to You're it. You're compelled. Yeah. It's uh, the premise of Fallout is you know you have to um, fix the water chip, and it's thirty days. Um, I think it's more than that. Sixty days. Yeah. Anyway, there's a time limit um, before it's too late. And the the trouble is that's not the point of the game. You can actually completely ignore that quest, which makes you a bit of a dick, really. But. It would make you a bit of a dick, but the point of the Fallout games is you can be a bit of a dick if you want. True. But ignoring a signi fairly significant portion of the game, i.e. the main plot, really, from the beginning point of view. Perspective, from the beginning, but certainly not to, by the end. To get out of the whole time limit thing, I think is a bit of... It doesn't equate, really. I'd rather... No, I understand what you mean, but that's where I would say it is a time limit for motivational purposes. It's not arbitrary. It's like... 
Fallout 2 could have easily done the same thing because you had to go and yes. get the, the Garden of Eden creation kit. You yeah. had a certain time loop, but one that wasn't imposed by the game in any mechanical way. Yeah. You just always knew, oh, I better get it done soon. And I felt, weirdly enough, I felt more compelled to, to go through that game because there was no time loop. I could go off and do it, and I knew there was some sort of urgency in the game, but I knew it wasn't going to... So it's similar to kind of the main, the main plot in Fallout 3 as well. There's yeah. always that nagging sense of, oh, I should probably go and... And X. Yeah. Meh. But actually impis- uh, imposing a time limit on you, I always feel is just really irritating. I think it may just go back to the old Mario games. Time out. <laughs> Why? Dead Rising, man. The number of shitty time limits you had to take care of yeah. with your, your analog digital Motron chronometer watch, which didn't tell you bullshit about it. I raged at that. Friggin' watch. I'll agree with you there. I felt Dead Rising was a game that really suffered from the arbitrary time limits. Mm-hmm. It's really, which, which has so much to explore and yeah. run around and have fun with. Limiting someone's experience in a free-form environment. It's the like, <laughs> most bizarre decision to make ever. Yeah. You want to put on a Lego man head and run around outside with the lawnmower for as long as you can. Yeah, and mm. imposing a time limit of three days, is it? Yeah, and three I know that sounds plot. like a long time in a an adventure game that isn't as wide-spanning as a Fallout. But it really does go by. And, yeah, I think it, that, that needs to be sort of rectified somewhat. Uh, I think it needs to be bred out of... Uh, as, as Yahtzee has often said about the whole live system, I think it may just be a holdover from video games where you had a certain amount of time to complete things, you know, and then add more money into the arcade machine. Yeah, I mean, lives are completely a holdover from the money-making principles of exactly. the arcades. And it just doesn't fit anymore unless you're unless you're specifically going back to try and make an old arcade game or something that feels like one there's no real reason to have in there unless it's really integral to the plot and to be fair fallout one did have a time that was very integral to the plot yeah i still felt suffered for it so it's got to be really well done so time limits there's there's one of my grasshopper sandwiches i can't remember the uh, (laughs) last time there was a a live system in a game that i thought was appropriate hmm I don't know. By lives, are we thinking about respawn or a health system? I'm talking lives. You have when you run out remaining. of lives, yeah. you lose. When you reach zero lives, you have one last go, and, and then you die game over. Yeah. Part of me actually thinks back to the Futurama game, if only because that's the last game I played, which actually had lives, like little little fry heads in the corner, going, "Yep." And after this, I've got a couple more guys. I can't think of any in recent memory. Um, did Super Mario Galaxies run on a live system? Well, it's a Mario game, so I assume so. I would have thought so. Oh, no, since... since ah, actually, since the N64, they've really kind of gone with a um, health system, haven't they? Hmm. The little, the little play chart that would come down yeah. in, in Super Mario 64. I, I cannot remember Galaxies. It's been a while since I've played it. I've never played Galaxies. I stopped after um, Sunshine, so I'm a terrible gamer, really. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you gave up on Mario games. It's okay. Well, not really, because I'm still still playing through um, DS, Mario Kart, and uh, Super Mario Brothers. But Mario Kart is the same game it's been for the last X years. That is true. <clears throat> Sorry about that. <coughs> yeah. So, so time limits. We've got time that's limits, your water. Because I don't think that's a grasshopper sandwich, because that doesn't involve other people. So I think we've, we've firmly established our... Uh, our, our, our pet hates, as it were, the, the, the extreme unpleasantness that arises. You're, you're out of pet hates, really? Oh, I'm not. oh no, I'm not. You haven't mentioned Alex Kidd <clears throat> yet. Sorry, Alex. Alex Kidd. Alex Kidd. Alex Kidd, well, 
it, it's uh, something to get to, but uh, actually, the the inclusion when Jack was mentioning uh, time limits and what have you, Fallout came up, and as anyone who knows me knows, there's there is one thing in the entire Fallout franchise which is guaranteed to get me off on one. Okay, it's time for the Troy rant of the week, ladies it's and gentlemen. Ti- it, it's time for that moment. Uh, I, I feel I may need to step in as White Knight here, considering that she's one of my favourite characters. Oh, I'll step in with you. I think of, she's okay. fantastic. Yeah. For, for, for this to really take effect, okay, we need to look at the etymology of Moira's name. Moira is descended from the Greek, uh, the Greek fates. Specifically, Moira, I believe... My pronunciation might be off, but it's where Moira comes from, which means, in one word, doom. Mm-hmm. Moira is doom. So the happy-go-lucky Canadian author of the Wasteland Survival's Guide... Be careful what you say, this is my future wife you're talking about. ...is doom. Future wife. Now, we're not talking about the fun Latvian Prime Minister Victor Von Doom kind of doom. We're talking about actually sends you out to murder yourself, Doom. Now, I, I, I don't want to include any spoilers, but I probably will. But, yeah, there's, there's no answers to the, the quest that she'll send you on. But one particular instance, Moira decides that she doesn't know enough about people being irradiated. <laughs> okay? This is, a, this is a, a, a wasteland future, where every day is a struggle against radiation poisoning and sickness and hair falling out and sperm shooting sideways out of your eyeballs. The future is unpleasant. Don't and you hate when that happens? I do. I know because I was irradiated enough for this fucking thing to happen. Do you know why? Because the, said... the, the man at the bus stop standing next to you felt very uncomfortable. No, 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 no. It was Doom. Doom told me, Oh, I need to research what it's like to be irradiated. Well, why can't you do it? Well, she's ever so smart, ladies and gentlemen, so we can't possibly risk her in the name of science. So you, some schmo on a one-in-a-lifetime quest to go save the world, as you invariably are, are sent to go and dunk your head into something highly toxic and radioactive and come back to her glowing. Whereupon she... Magnets and milk? Some bollocks like that? This is the woman who sends you to a town she knows is full of mines. (laughs) Mines! The town is called Minefield. So why didn't you know it was full of mines? I did know it was full of mines. So why did you go? Because I wanted you it was full of mines. Because she's a lovely person. She told you it's a place full of mines and she wants a mine. So really, you're motivated by your own greed. She didn't tell you about the sniper. Ah, to be fair, this is one thing I'll actually stick up for Moira on. She didn't know about the sniper. But the mines she knew about. Right, and you went there to go and uh, harvest XP. I went there to go and harvest XP. So you were motivated, motivated by your own greed. My point stands. Moira met a person who she'd met only recently. Met a person? Sorry, sent a person she'd met only recently and had only just the very same day recovered from severe radiation sickness and sent them to a town full of unexploded mines. I will point out that you said that you were ready to continue research before she sent you. She would never ask you if you weren't ready. I'm just going to point out constantly how this woman has tried to kill me. She's lovely. Each time you've gone to her and say, yes, do more things to me. Uh, No, not quite like that. And besides which, I will point out, this is all to advance the plot. What doesn't change is the fact that this woman is clearly insane. At one point, she wants you to go and break yourself. And I mean literally go out, put your hands on your thigh, and snap. (laughs) She wants you to go out and come back with a disfiguring injury. 
a crippled limb. So you went back to minefield. I what? don't remember this. I do. Yes. You went back to minefield and you dry humped a landmine. I stood on a mine because I figured, hey, my legs. I can cripple those. My but, legs. Bye. But what happened? You stood on a landmine and you crippled your arm. You know, what the fuck was that about? But, <laughs> but So I went back to minefield with my broken arm and I went, right, I've walked about three hours across the dry-ass wastelands with my alerts, hunting dogs, raiders, and one random enclave guy who just showed up to go, boy, howdy, at me for a little while. I came here with this broken arm for you. What did she give me? Three stim packs and a kiss on the cheek, I imagine. The fucking lollipop out of the jar at the side of the doctor's office, right? Moira is one of those things. Moira is one of the singular most annoying but also necessary characters in a game. She's an easy source of early XP in the game. The quests, though retarded, are so much fun. But I hate this woman. I hate this mad ginger Canadian with the sort of relentless fury that can only be reserved for an enemy who is actively seeking my demise. Thank you very much, Mr. Small. Now with his rebuttal, uh, Mr. Jack Homer. Shut up! That's, that's genius. I think I, st- I think I made my point quite eloquently. Yep, I'm giving this whole debate to Mr. Homer because Moira is awesome. Uh, listeners to World 1 Stage 1, do feel free to jump in uh, on my defence. Li- this isn't a live show, you it's know. It's not, but I will be vindicated. No, I think you'll find that people are going to uh, leave posts on the forum saying how much they like Moira and how much they think she's a lovely person. Are you inviting troll bait? No, I'm suggesting people come to the forum. World1stage1.com slash forum. I hear troll bait. I hear a grasshopper sandwich in progress. Great, <laughs> great. <laughs> Chomp. God, it's happening. <laughs> Just like Nam. <laughs> Shelton Nam. So with the, the Troy Rant of the Week segment now concluded. I don't know, I can get more <laughs> furious about Moira, but we'll leave that. Yes, um, you've actually reminded me in a bizarre roundabout way. I don't know how you've done this. I reminded you? You don't know how, but I reminded you? Yes, uh, that I wanted to bring up Mirror's Edge, and specifically the sections where it... Uh, throws away its game-long attitude of never stand and fight, always run away. You are a professional runner, run away. Run, runner. And says, now you have to fight. It puts you in front of bad guys with no way around them but through them. And that's a fundamental problem with game design right there. It, it is and it isn't. No, I mean, if the combat system worked, it wouldn't be. I see. But, but do you because get the feeling it was kind of written in a way that the guys who made it were clearly so proud of their combat system, <laughs> they had to show it off somewhere. I mean, I will say, a lot of the combat animations are really slick, really nicely done. I mean, it is all about holds, reversals, stripping guns off of guys. Mm-hmm. It's quite a complex-looking combat system. And if it controlled in any intuitive way, I'd probably <laughs> really enjoy it. But because they put so much time into making the running work... And it does. Uh, they didn't put the time in to polish the combat system, and it really ends up hurting the game. You know, actually, that, that, again, you, you mentioned Mirror's Edge as a complete random segue from another game. Mirror's Edge reminds me of my one bugbear, my one real thing that stands out about Arkham Asylum. Oh, okay, go on. Riddle me this, my fine friend! No, again, you've picked on one of my favourite characters in the game. I... Now, you've got to understand, it's not one of the things I hate, but it's one of those things where 
they clearly know their audience. Mm. They're out there to all the obsessive compulsive gamers who'll do anything for that final achievement. <laughs> who will scour Arkham Island with a fine tooth comb looking for the next thing just to just to stop the Riddler from going, you're performing about 20% below my expected expectation of your expectation, or whatever the hell it is he says. So, hang on. I've got to ask. I love and hate the Riddler. Did you, did you or did you not go through and get all the Riddler trophies? No. Did you try and go through and get all the Riddler trophies? No. Right, so what's your problem? My problem is, A, he exists, and once I played through... Because uh, there was a very similar system in uh, From Russia With Love, which was actually, I, I will even, I will take it on the chin and go, more fun single player than Goldeneye. Okay. Not as good multiplayer, clearly, but more fun single player. Very, very good port uh, from GameCube to... Xbox. No, no, it wasn't Xbox. Oh, it was Xbox, wasn't it? But it doesn't yeah, because on... it's sitting on our shelf. Yeah, it doesn't run on 360, tragically. Uh, but it had a similar system of if you're an obsessive compulsive gamer who loves concept art and unlockable weapons and shit like that, you will do this. Now, the Riddler, bless him. I like the Riddler. I even like the game mechanic of go and find these trophies and you will unlock things. You will find out more about Arkham Island. It does, however, smack to me of the designers going... We've made one way to the tippity top of this ugly tower. You gotta find it. And and they've just they've basically they're a bit like Carmen San Diego. They've done this really <laughs> smart thing, and they want to show. Oh, they're more like the Riddler than in their own way. But oh man, the Riddler trophies. Stick to your fandom, yes, dude. The, the bit where they made the Riddler trophies was like what the Riddler would have done. Yeah, what terrible, terrible shits they are I, for I, making I, it look, so in character. I didn't say it was a bad addition. Just that. Oh my god, it's one of the things that just. Oh, oh, especially when the Riddler's taunting you. Okay. Oh, Batman, you're a. Dumbass. That doesn't sound anything <laughs> like the Riddler. That like Patrick Warburton had a horrible, horrible baby <laughs> with fucking... I don't know. I have no idea. Jim Carrey. It just sounds Ooh. like the Riddler gave up. <laughs> oh, Batman, you're a dumbass. Yeah, that, that is... Again, we've, we've gone from Fallout to Mirror's Edge to Arkham Asylum. And now on to Dead or Alive. That's a bit that you had a, you had something that didn't make you happy about Dead or Alive, mm-hmm. and well, it's not just Dead or Alive. A lot of beat 'em ups suffer from this. No God bosses, ah. where the difficulty difficulty curve ramps up slowly throughout the entire beat 'em up, and then you reach the boss character, who is retardedly good. You know whether he is made of metal and has all the moves of all the opponents that you've fought before, or whether she is made of ectoplasm. And has all the moves of all the characters you've fought <laughs> so far. And can make your neck explode. Which and takes can make your neck else. explode. But it's that, that god boss thing where you, you reach the end and now uh, you think you're good, don't you? Well, here's our character that we made. And it's a bit like in pen and paper RPGs when you get the GM huh. who's a bit upset at the party. It's like, well, now I'm going to put in an NPC who is based on my old player character from my old game who was really good. And I'm going to show you how good they are by having them kill you all. I don't know that at all. Mm. I'll note that plan down for when I run D and D. But I mean, Dead or Alive it had it at number three in in the third installment with uh, Omega. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also with Alpha. 
and but Dead or Alive 2, it didn't have it because it had Tengu. And Tengu was, for all intents and purposes, like bollocks strung together with string <laughs> in sandals. Tengu bollocks was sandals. the easiest of the Dead or Alive bosses, yes. I'm but... not entirely sure who the boss was in Dead or Alive 1. Uh, I could check. I've got it up there. All right. um, but it's really Alpha and Omega are the ones I was talking about. Yeah. And it's it's not exclusive to Dead or Alive, but Dead or Alive really has been suffering yeah. from it I mean, lately. Omega wasn't exactly it wasn't the toughest of bosses. It's the fact that he had a lot of long range attacks, and you yeah. started off really far away from him, and that the camera shifted to a very bizarre position. Mm. If you played Dead or Alive three recently, you'll know that when you fight Omega, the camera flips to just below your right shin, looking up at an angle. So you're constantly looking at Omega but from your character's feet's perspective. So if your character actually had their eyes in their feet, <laughs> this is what you would be seeing. I don't remember it being quite that low down, but it was um, definitely... Enough to be obtrusive. It was definitely not normal for a beat-em-up. Yeah. And if it had some sort of purpose other than to make it a, a little bit more difficult, then it might have been, you know... Possibly aesthetic. Yeah. I mean, they've made this boss, they really want to show him off, so you've got a camera angle way the boss mostly fills up the frame constantly. That's a good point. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I'll retract that then. It's still annoying. But again, it goes back to, you know, developers showing off a bit. Yeah. Look what we did. To be fair, I can't really fault any developer for going, look what we did, because I've been mouthing off about how awesome the path is. Well, there are different ways of showing (laughs) off. For example, um, both Fallout 3 and Oblivion have Bethesda's classic showing-off moment. Yeah. Both of them start with a tutorial set in an enclosed environment, and then you reach the end, you open the door, and you step out, and there's this vista. Yeah. This world in front of you, and it gives you that sense of, here is the world, go play, which is perfect for those games. Now that's showing off. I'm kind of tracking backwards with that one, because I've gone Fallout 3, yeah, because then you leave the vault and... Ah, that's beautiful. Oblivion, you leave the catacombs, and wow, it's beautiful. The light, the sun's shining, there's grass and the... Morrowind, you leave the ship and... You leave, no, no, Morrowind, you leave the, the census and excise office, and you're greeted with a tiny, ugly wood elf going, Have you seen my ring? So... I'll give you a ring, mate. Thump. I felt rather intimidated when a little tiny thing with this kind of melted face went I, I have you seen my ring <laughs> moments in gaming that make Jack uncomfortable with elf ring <laughs> elves oh elves actually that does that does bring up one of the oh no it doesn't I've completely forgotten cool good job let's move on then <laughs> carry um, on one of the moments in gaming history that really made me rage was the bringing in of the new game experience to Star Wars Galaxies. <laughs> when they finally took a you know, an unwell game. I mean, it, was, it wasn't at its best when this happened. And uh, essentially beat it to death and raped the corpse. Mm. Was it warm? Well, yeah, they beat it and then they raped it immediately thereafter. Okay, cool. It's got to have okay. a little bit of warmth to it. And then they left it difficult. to cool. Uh, and it is now an ice-cold corpse. Anyway, yes, when they added the new game experience and killed the game utterly. So the new game experience was being able to start as Jedi, do you reckon? That was part of it. But it's uh, not unique to galaxies either. MMOs, you know, you invest in these games with both time and money, but 
you're completely at the whim of the developer. I, I think again of Matrix Online being oh. sold to Sony. And there's Sony going, Ooh-wee! as Sony do, and killed that game. Because the majorly cool thing about the Matrix Online was you were part of an ever living universe yep. that was continued. It was continued week after by the week. Films. The storyline updated and continued, and you were taking part and could possibly even shape the forming of the Matrix universe as it carried on. And then, then Sony got it and went, "No, we don't need to do that. No other game does this, so why should we?" And we they do. left it in the middle of a storyline. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's painful. Yes, is it kind of like? You've seen Toy Story 2. Yep. The, the second to last episode of the Woody, the Woody the Cowboy show. Sort of. Except imagine if they just, every week, they said, new episode. Yep. And then aired that one again. Oh. Oh, that's even worse. It's like having your hopes dashed every week. Drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> that's what that's like. <laughs> it's exactly like drink your Ovaltine. Yes, you're right, Troy. <laughs> Well done. I'm sure our American listeners will know what I'm talking about. And What are you talking about? Uh, I can't even remember the name of the movie now. Christmas Story or something. With it, with it, with it, the, the kitty. Oh, God, a Christmas he's, Story, yes. He's doing the, the decoder ring to find out yes. what the super secret message is. Yes. Drink your Ovaltine. God, I had forgotten that how film. Many moments, how many drink your Ovaltine moments are there in gaming as well? <laughs> do you know the uh, bit where he gets his tongue stuck to the post? I do. Do you know how they did that? I don't. It's very clever. They put a tiny hole in the post and a vacuum cleaner behind it. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, ow! Yeah. That's just as bad. <laughs> but it meant they could turn it off when he wasn't actually stuck to the post, and then he would get stuck again. That's that's movie magic, folks. <laughs> here on World One Stage One, a gaming podcast. Well, at least one of us here did take part in the Matrix Online's plot, and, and I believe mouthed off at Morpheus. I may have, yes, I may have confronted Morpheus in a bar and shouted at him, and entered into a debate with him about philo- uh, philosophical his... constraints on freedom. Well, about the true nature of freedom and whether demanding to liberate all humans from the Matrix was um, believing in freedom, because freedom. Includes the freedom to decline. Hmm. But you, you're asking the wrong man. Oh, yeah, totally. But, you know... It's not really a debate. It's, let me tell you the reasons you're wrong, sucker! Ah, uh, but I wasn't looking to persuade Morpheus. I was Morpheus. looking to stand in front of a massive assemblage of Zion loyal captains and make them think. You don't make loyal captains think. I turned a couple of them. Ha 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 ha. All right, I rescind my earlier statement. Cool. Hurry <laughs> <laughs> for the Red Coat Army. As was. Yeah. I feel like... <laughs> Pouring out a 40. 40 for my yeah. homies. <laughs> uh, good times. Anyway. Do more bugbears. More bugbears. More grasshopper sandwiches. It's just grasshopper sandwiches in general, I'll be honest. Anybody on, you know, on Modern Warfare who runs around with a pistol, while I'm there desperately plugging away with my, my recently upgraded M4... I've, I've just unlocked the red dot site, don't you know? I feel like Michelangelo with a gun. And then this <laughs> crat comes spazzing around the corner like some fucking spastic whippet and pegs me one between the eyes. Don't I feel the right plonker then? Yeah, you need to start being better. Speaking yeah, of true. wargaming, in reference to a recent Penny Arcade, um, raging moment, and it's not Grasshopper Sandwich, but when you're playing a multiplayer game... And you're just clearly not that good. 
I yeah. I was I playing know that very well. Mm, I was playing MAG. Which Tycho recently said of the experience of yep. MAG. Yeah. Yeah. It's entirely true. I've scored maybe two kills in that game. I have suffered many times that <laughs> number. <laughs> rough rough ballpark area? Um, I don't know, thirty, forty. Fair that enough. actually that does bring to mind another little another little moment, not a grasshopper sandwich, but related to online gaming. Battlefield Two. Now this is going back a few years. <clears throat> um, had a the the kind of unlockable achievements, uh, medals and stuff, what ranks and what, but medals are very specific. Two things you did achievements in a way, and uh, one of them was given that the purple heart was given to you for a kill death ratio of I think six to one. And you had sucked. I was really, really offended. Because I saw a cheap, you know, thing unlocked. Purple Heart. And I was like, oh, go check out the awards page. What's the, what's the Purple Heart for? <laughs> and Purple Heart is, you suck. <laughs> oh. Oh, fuck you. That's so unkind. I know I'm rubbish. Dead or Alive 4 has a couple of things like that. Achievements worth zero gamer points. Oh. That are just there to nudge you and poke you when you do badly. Like, congratulations, you lost a big winning streak. Congratulations, you lost a certain number of games in a row. Oh. Congratulations, you achieved this below average ranking. Yeah, developers, <laughs> we don't like that. Yeah. We don't. When, when we're losing 25 times in a row, believe me, we know! <laughs> Ooh, something else has just jumped into my head that we were talking about. As a, as, a, as a grasshopper sandwich, as oh, a bugbear. Scripted events in games. Right. And you know exactly how they're going to play out. Right. I am thinking of one specific game here in general, which is a really good game. Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you remembered this one. Yeah. Go on, man. I'm thinking right at the beginning, in the tutorial, Slimer flying about his containment field, flying in front of the... Uh, what is it? It's in front of the uh, the main containment yeah. field. And, you know, you're told to blast him. Now, we were all of us out, and I'm, I'm like, the least, you know... Smart. I'm the least smart guy of the lot of us. But even I was there thinking, but wait... <laughs> if I fire, and if I hit that, that mean thing shooting the him, containment unit? Won't that, like, royally suck? <laughs> this highly energised yeah. stream him. of protons. Shoot him! And I was like... No. <laughs> but of course, the plot doesn't continue if you don't shoot the little green cock racket. <laughs> so, I'm there, and I think, all right, all right, the sooner I do this, the sooner I can go back to Janine and just listen. So, I fire, he dodges, I hit the containment field, and all hell breaks loose. Egon calls you a spanner. I'm like, but dude... If I wasn't mute, I would have told you. I get this horrible feeling that the newbie, the rookie, was looking at the other Ghostbusters when they told him to shoot him, going... <laughs> this, this desperate look in his eyes. This, please, Timmy's fallen down the well. Please don't give me this pack and ask me to do dumb shit. All right, I've just thought of a couple of real rage moments. Oh, go on. And this is a case of, where's the retro gaming love? All right, get ready for this one, guys. Rage moments when games had game-breaking bugs <laughs> back in the days. Manic Miner. Oh? Which one in particular? When you could fall outside the side of the map, and then, because there was nothing to land on, 
When you hit the bottom of the screen, you would then scroll to the top of the screen and fall forever. Yay. That was a real rage. The fact that Jet Set Willy was impossible to complete. <laughs> Willy? Jet Set Willy? Jet Set Willy, a very, very, very old-school platformer, ZX Spectrum era. Wow. Was impossible to complete. Big game-breaking flaw. Was this in the same vein of one of those games that had, you need to get the red key, where is the red key behind yes. the red door? It was almost exactly that, as I recall. Yeah. It's, ah. It was impossible to finish, literally. This was true game ragey stuff back in the day because you hadn't just wasted the time you'd spent playing the game, but the half a fucking hour you spent loading it. <laughs> <laughs> Games on cassette. Oh, yeah. There's another rage moment trying to load a game from tape. <laughs> this right, is something. This, this is something that completely passed me by. So I, I have played tape games. But it was very long ago, and I was so very small, and my brain was half-formed and mostly made of porridge, that I can't actually remember. I was going to say, this is an era of gaming that is probably before the times of many of our listeners. And I have to say, guys, there is no nostalgia involved here. You're lucky to have grown up in the age of the disc or the cartridge. Because, oh, sweet fucking Jesus. Literally, if you can believe it, if you can remember an old dial-up modem... Oh, and the, the sound sounds of an they made. Duck. <laughs> that is the sound that is made by an audio representation of one and zero in varying lengths. If you imagine the waveform is either up or down for randomly different periods of time, yep. that is why you get a sort of warbling hiss of sound. If you record that sound onto cassette tape and play it back then, theoretically, you can load a series of ones and zeros into computer memory. Now, if anyone has ever listened to an old late 70s, early 80s tape deck, you'll be very familiar with Dolby Hiss. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I see where this is going. Combine random tape noise with very precise readings of data from a tape, and what you will find is... Possibly slightly more than half the time. It won't load, but it'll take you most of the program before you realise that. Good times. <laughs> so that was a rage moment in gaming. One that I hit a lot. Well, that's, that's, not, that's so old, that's not even specific to a game. It's specific to a, a form of a, gaming. A platform, <laughs> shall we say. It is, it is specific to an eon. To, oh, <laughs> the Bronze Age of gaming. <laughs> Yes, it was sort of Paleolithic gaming. <laughs> wow. So back to the rock banging, really, isn't it? Yeah, more or less. And then discs came along, and oh, how we rejoiced. Oh, marvellous. Although... Yeah, then cartridges came along. Well, no, then discs came along, and I'm suddenly remembering that led to another game rage. When discs weren't enough, and games came on seven or eight discs... And then it would say, please insert disc 7. And you'd go, certainly, flip, 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 flip. Where's my disc 7? Flip, 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 flip. I've got 1 to 6 and 8's in the drive. Where's disc 7? Where? Disc oh. 7 has been taken away ah! by a midget. And, yes, <laughs> to the same place as Byros and Loose Socks. It, Inevitably. Yeah, OK. Disc 7 is in our washing machine. <laughs> Whoa! Have my socks turned up yet? No. Oh. Re what we should do is charge admittance 
to uh, our our uh, laundry facilities, put a controller in the side of the uh, in the side of the washing machine, <laughs> and let people play Sock Odyssey. <laughs> and uh, then we'll talk about rage moments in gaming, shall yeah, we? Yeah, let's. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a, a time that's thankfully more or less passed because I. The day of the, the game-breaking bug is more or less gone. On the subject of Fallout 3. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I've just remembered uh, Darkseed. Yeah? The point-and-click adventure game. Oh, um, that, right, that wasn't a game-breaking bug. No. That was game-breaking dickery. But it's a moment of rage in gaming. It, it's a moment of rage, but af- after the moment of rage, you can't help but feel a little glimmer of respect for the writers. Oh, hell yeah. Evil respect. They've got balls. Yeah. Basically, it's a point-and-click adventure, because I see a look of um, mystification on Troy's face. You've, you've explained this one to me before. I yeah. was waiting for you. I am exposition man. <laughs> Tell as, me all about it. As envisioned by H.R. Geiger. H.R. Geiger did the artwork. Cops and, and spines everywhere. Yep. Essentially, you are a guy who can, for whatever reason, I forget the exact uh, conceit of the story can pass between this world and a dark mirror universe. With cocks and spines everywhere. Yeah. And, like any point-and-click adventure, you pick up items and you use them to solve puzzles to progress through the storyline. At one point, you encounter an open fire, and you can use your items with the fire. And he will either say, I don't think that'll burn, or he'll chuck it on the fire. So you chuck your gloves on the fire, for example, and they burn. Well done. Now, as we know, most adventure games, if an item is essential, you can't destroy it in any way. You also can't lose it from your inventory. However, Darkseed did things a little differently, in that the fire is encountered quite early on in the game. The electrified lever that you need to throw comes very late in the game, and you think, sure would be nice if I had a pair of gloves right about now. (laughs) (laughs) And then you cry... You cry into your coffee. Then, then, then you vomit blood on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another really good one, and it's the reason I've never played Darkseed. Because... And the interesting thing about that is it was deliberately put in there by the developers to make you that angry. There's no other explanation Absolutely. for it. Absolutely. I've thought of another Ghostbusters one. Really? Of scripted moments where you're like, but, but, but. She's a we've got ghost a, We've got ray. her cornered. She's got no way to run. She's a ghost ray. Yeah, who who am I? Okay, just go around there and, and flank her! She's a ghost, right? Who in this room did not have that exact reaction to that When you try point? and surround a ghost and go, ah, she can't escape now, who, who didn't assume she was just going to fly through either the ceiling or the floor? The fact she's uh, kind of floating over an open grate at the time might be another indicator as to what she's going to do, Ray! Yeah. So there we go. There's a oh, scripted moment where you have no bear. You, have, you can't control it, but you really wish you could. Scripted moments where you wish that you were the DVD commentary. I want to see the same <laughs> Ghostbusters game made with some kind of port for Project Natal. I don't. So that I can just shout, No! We listen to <laughs> me now! You don't need Project Natal for that. You just need a microphone. See, to be fair, no one's listening to you because you're playing the noob. That's true. Which makes perfect sense. You can jump up and down and go, No, Ray! That's dumb! And Ray gets to go... I've been doing this for, like, five years. Come on, man. I I think I know what I'm doing by now. I'm as close as a professional at zapping things as you get. Anyway, I think what we've come to realise 
is that the, the rage moments in gaming occur <laughs> either when a developer does something deliberately frustrating or unintentionally dumb. Or to show off. Or possibly to show off. Or when other people are involved. Yeah. I'm not entirely hugely surprised by our findings, but... <laughs> to be fair, we haven't really made any findings. If we're <laughs> yes, we have. Really I just honest. summed them up. They're not really f- no, findings so much. On. In the same way that I could say, this room is white. That our, is a finding. Our, no, it's not. Parts of it okay. are brown. Our findings are not that a game is ever too hard for us. Our findings <laughs> are that everybody else is at fault. And we're on that bombshell... One. To lift from top Oh, oh yeah. and also Bayonetta. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> and I'm not... Finally, I am not saying that just to make Troy rage. Oh, wait, no, I'm, I'm actually... Before rage, we go, gaming. I'm going to join in with you on this one because I like Bayonetta. I know, you're very strange. Well, the other people seem to agree with me. But I think what you're talking there is when a design aesthetic is completely contrary to our expectations or our own tastes which might be my problem in part with the Final Fantasy games. Could be, yeah. Your problem with Bayonetta, certainly Troy's problem with Bayonetta, judging by the face he's currently pulling. I'm, I'm going seven! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not entirely sure what that meant, but... <laughs> You're going seven. Well, it's worse than going purple. <laughs> There's not a colour I can go which shows you how angry I am with Bayonetta, so you, you carry right on, I'm just going to be over here. Moving rapidly towards eight. But there certainly could be a, a rage inspired by the entire design aesthetic of a game. Yes. I'll also the on. control aspect. Also mm. the plot or lack thereof. Also the lack of any likable characters. I'll point out, you've barely played the demo, so you can't really judge the plot. True. Fetish and Troy hasn't mistress. played anything, so can't and the judge music, anything. The music, the, the, the acid funk fusion, where you're walking through the train, and the... This game is so Japanese. And on a similar note, I would like to point out, I feel I don't have to make much of a point for my case when the woman has guns on her ankles. I'm going to just underline that. Guns on her right. ankles. Jack, you got to unless, unless you are 13 years old, that is not cool. So people like gun kicking. Are you one of those people? I'm not one of those people, but remember, hell is other people. Right, yes! Yes! There we go! <laughs> Bayonetta is successful as part of one massive grasshopper sandwich. <laughs> I think we've stumbled onto something there. I think the Japanese might come and kill us. Oh, snap. So we'd best go on the run. I'll jump yeah, out no the show next week. We're <laughs> yeah. escaping. Well, certainly no show now, because we are going to go into hiding and... Uh, Await the attempts of vengeance from the island of Japan. Yes, I will head to my out-the-window fantasy world, where no one can possibly hurt me. So until we re-emerge from hiding to speak to you again, I have been Simon. I have been Jack. I have been incoherently furious, and my name is also Troy. And this has been World 1 Stage 1. Thank you for listening. Also come to the website. Yeah. You have been listening to World 1 Stage 1, a video game podcast. Thanks as ever to the mini-bosses for our theme tune. If you want to get in touch with us, you can visit our website at world1stage1.com. That's world, the number one, stage, number one, dot com. You can email us through there, or you can follow us on Twitter. Just look up Twitter username, at W1S1. 
And through there, you can find the host's personal Twitter accounts, if you dare. 